Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to another edition of the Ninth State Sports Show here on NHHighSchoolSports.com. Uh, with you, as always, Joe Marcellina. Uh, and joining me once again, Dairy Field Lacrosse head coach Chris Hetler. Uh, Joe, I feel like I'm with you at always. <laughs> <lately>. <laughs> I know we're getting, getting pretty used to this. Uh, you know, once our, our weekly meeting at uh, at Riverside Barbecue here in uh, in downtown Nashua. I, I'm not going to complain about it though. You know, we got some uh, some good food, good food that we're going to be having here, yeah. and um, you know, when we're we're talking about uh, lacrosse for the next half hour, right? Doesn't that, get that much better. Yeah, that. sounds good to me. Um, of course, uh, you know, we're getting really down to crunch time here. Uh, I know we've got about 10 days left uh, in the regular season, but really a lot of teams finish up, you know, next Wednesday, next Thursday. So, it, it, you know, unless there's some rainouts or something, we, we're looking at the, we're, we're in the last week. Everything's yeah. got to finish up before Memorial Day weekends. I was counting on the calendar. I think it's uh, 17 days until until our quarter until we would have our quarterfinal right. game. So, yeah, two weeks and it's on. Yeah, so. you know, you know, I guess the um, – as great as it is to have all three championship games on that Saturday at, at Exeter, the uh, the drawback to it is that, especially this year with playoff or divisions being moved around, um, eight teams only making it in D1 and three, there's only going to be two playoff games that first Wednesday or, right. or is it Thursday. Um, everyone's going to have, uh, pretty much everybody's going to have a, a, a almost a week off, more than a week off. Yeah. You do. There is a there is a bylaw that's pretty neat that the NHI allows you once the season's finished to scrimmage. In years past, uh, we've we've gone out and had scrimmages with BG. I think we're gonna we think we're gonna do that again this year. A lot of teams uh, find find ways they stay active during that week. So that should that one should get a little bit more publicity than it probably does. You guys scrimmaging BG. It's be nice if you could do it at a time when there are no other playoff games, or maybe you know maybe go over to Stellos and get the lights on and and uh, and really make it after an the event. season be a lot more fun. It's it's a pretty tame scrimmage. It's it's one that we um, you know both sides are just tuning things up to try and get into the playoffs. So we don't really go at each other. Yeah, you know they've um, talking about BG. Uh, they've got a uh, pretty interesting game Thursday night at or th- sorry Thursday afternoon at Bedford. Actually, it's a uh, a three thirty start. At Bedford High School because tomorrow night is the uh, they're having a special night for uh, outgoing athletic director Bill Whitmore at ah. Bedford. Uh, he is of course retiring at the end of this year after a, a long, uh, long time at, not just at Bedford but as an athletic director around the state. Uh, so well earned night for him, I'm sure, and I know he's excited about it. Uh, but they're so they're playing that game a little early, which is going to be kind of weird because the the first two times they've played. It's been like a six or seven o'clock game, yeah. start. Yeah. I know we've had practice and been able to come over afterwards. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but after the way they played against Pinkerton the other night, boy, it's uh, that it should a lot of excitement at that game. You know, I, it's it, yeah, it's really got me thinking that not I'm not going to sit here and say that Bedford's going to win that game. Uh, that would be crazy. Uh, but I, I don't know if it would surprise me as much today as it would have Sunday. Uh, after watching the way that Bedford played against Pinkerton, I went into that thinking they had to play a certain way. They had to survive face-offs. They had to, you know, make Pinkerton have some drawn-out, long possessions and not get good shots. And then when they had opportunities, they had to capitalize on them. Yeah. Maybe it didn't go as well as they would have liked, but that's kind of how it went. And then, then the difference turned out to be, at the end, Alex Sturgis, Pinkerton's goalie. Yeah. Uh, and he made a fantastic save on that last play of the game, and... That you was know, the but game. I, but I, I, I'm really impressed. You know, I, I saw, you know, Kyle Fink, uh, Devin LaFrance, uh, you know, Howe shows up. They all Those guys played about as well as they could play in that game and just executed Coach Gerard's plan to a tee. 
um, you know, really, really impressive. And like we kind of talked about last week, you know, the chemistry of Bedford was going to take some time to get together because they were missing kids. You know, uh, Howe was hurt for a while. So, uh, yeah, I'm. if that team's a six or a seven seed or an eight seed, boy, you do, you would not want to get them in the first round. I, you know, I you almost would almost – hope that they kind of get one of those seats somewhere between three and and and, and six because um, if they end up at seven or eight they're most likely playing bg or pinkerton in the first round early yeah Would yeah much rather you know if they can get in that that higher seed uh get the quarterfinal game pulling off an upset there and then get in the semifinals and and, th- and at that point i mean who knows yeah you know, um but i'm wondering you know after watching after watching bg play um you know, Reading and, and Needham early in this year and needing to come back in both those games and win, win by one. Uh, you know, they lose to Pinkerton by two in a game where they couldn't just get the offense going. You know, they lose to uh, BC High this past Saturday in the same kind of game. They just got way behind early because they couldn't do anything on offense in the first half. Bedford's strength is, a de- is its defense. Right. Do they Are they capable of, of shutting BG down? And I think that's what they d- would need to do. Right. What you know? Again, what's your game plan against Brian Cameron? How's your approach to that? You know, do other guys on BG get involved? Do they? Do those guys feel it early and then open up things for Brian? Um, but Brian's an exceptional. He's got exceptional vision too, and he's going to find those lanes open. Uh, Bedford's going to have to cut down the passing lanes, and um, Tierney's going to have to play a great game and goal. Um, he's going to have to make. He's going to have to make some stops early on. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, with the face-off, with the face-off battle with Trey Hand back. Uh, it has capable. It, it could go either way. I mean, just kind of like you thought about the Pinkerton game, right? Pinkerton could dominate faceoffs and pop a couple forward, and all of a sudden, which, it breaks open really quickly. Which is exactly how it how they were able to maintain their lead. There were a couple times where, you know, Bedford scored and looked like they picked up momentum, and the next thing you know, right. Nate Liberty wins a faceoff. They're coming right down the field and scoring. I mean, they yeah. it was seven seven going into the fourth quarter. Pinkerton scores twice in forty two seconds, yeah. and then. It's it's another uphill uphill climb for Bedford. Yeah. So, for any team for any team to beat BG or, or Pinkerton, it, it, it will be an uphill battle because because of that fa- because of their faceoff specialist. It's it's so hard to maintain momentum when the other team has a guy that's capable of just make it take it. Which is what Trahan did against BC High in the second half of that game. I mean, he went, I believe, ten of eleven on faceoffs in that second half. Just, I mean, he looked he looked like he was possessed. Just going after that ball and, and he's had it was a long time to sit and think about <laughs> it he's ready to play he's hungry um you know there was another game on monday that you know you were texting me about as it was happening you watched um the exeter exeter concord game that concord mm-hmm. won nine four uh which was another one that um you know was going to have a big effect i think on yeah the i think standings. it opened some people's eyes and, and i think um you know at that game uh coach jeff smith up at concord had a great game plan against Exeter. Um, tremendous defensive play. Um, you know, again, did a great job in the face-off circle. Very opportunistic on offense. Uh, when Exeter would, would press out, some of their guys would just would beat the one-on-one and draw the two-slide and, and dump it in the back of the net. And, um, you know, just a really gutsy effort by, uh, by Concord. Exeter actually was up uh, three to one, and they were up four to two. Uh, we're up four to three at the half, and, and Concord just kept chipping away, and they played good defense. And Ethan Donlin was just on fire in that game. He made he made 15 plus saves in that game. So um, really, really impressive effort by Concord. You know, and and 
as we kind of talked about uh, before we started here, you know, that kind of opens the door. With it, with Exeter losing, it opens the door for not likely but potentially Nashua South being able to get back into this and makes a game that's go also going on on Thursday uh, between Exeter and South at Stellos. A really big game now. Depend, depends on what South and North did tonight. Right, right. If right. South, as if they're, South they're got playing, the, if South got the win, yeah, if they were able to, uh, if they playing were playing as we're win. as we're talking right yeah. now, and unfortunately nobody's uh, <laughs> nobody's <laughs> updating it on Twitter, which have been checking. Uh, but if they were able to win tonight, and then they were able to beat Exeter, I think what, what did we say they'd have to win? Was it four? They straight? would have to beat North again. Um, they'd have to pull off an upset against Concord, right, or yeah. Pinkerton. So that's, so that's what one it, or yeah. the other. Yeah. Um, um, and then, then and it gets injured. What, it what would, would we have been at nine it and would, seven? It would be nine and seven, I believe, and Exeter would be five hundred, whatever that would yep. turn out to. Um, again, we're at nine and nine. Yep. That's an uphill uphill climb, uh, definitely for but South, still but it's still a chance. Yeah, yep. which is what I mean. You get to this point at the end in the of the season, you want to play for something, exactly. Yeah. So, Coach Munson, uh, he's got he's got to be happy with the way his guys playing. He actually, I came over. I w they were playing uh, Sauhegan on Saturday. He was asking me if we were doing the sports show right from there. He was uh, we were going live on location. <laughs> we should, so he wants it. If, he, want, he wants. You us know, over there. if um, if I had better uh, planning skills this time of year, we probably could have been doing this live from well, maybe not live. Uh, but at least at Stello Stadium, you'd be able to hear the game in the background. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I, I uh, did not have that foresight. Uh, you know, may maybe when the maybe next week, or maybe when playoffs start, or something. I don't know. Um, you know, which certainly would be interesting, and it would be big for those kids, I think, because they have y they're in a weird situation, I think, where they do they don't have a ton of seniors, but they've got some experience because they had so many sophomores that played last right. year, so they're. I think getting rise. in the playoffs yeah. is just a bonus, I, th I would think, for them because they're going to have so many kids back next year. Absolutely, and you get that kind of experience, then you go into the offseason with some momentum, and, you know, you're, um, yeah, you're, building, you're building your program that way. And, of course, you guys, uh, Dairy Field, of course, finished up a uh, big game today, as we said, against Concord. Uh, getting a little bit of um, a little revenge, little little revenge, revenge from for last year. year. Yep. Uh, yep. It was a thir thirteen to three win. Uh, get Conquer getting a goal there right at the last uh, last second to make it a ten goal game, uh, and it was three to two early on. Um, and I thought, okay, you, you know this could get interesting. Um, and then you guys went on a run, and it was kind of kind of what changed it at yeah, that we second quarter I think in the second quarter you know our guys our guys were obviously very hyped up for the game and wanted wanted to, it was also our senior senior afternoon we wanted to send the seniors out on the home field and feeling good um, but we, we were we were excited about the looks that we were getting early in possession so we kind of felt it just had a different vibe than last year you know we yeah you're not gonna score every goal but we knew that the looks the things that we practiced were there so we just had to go and execute it and put it by a really good goalie. Um, you know, we've talked before, Ethan Donlin, very good goalie, going to Haverford, um, very difficult to beat him. you got to shoot well to beat him, and, and uh, very happy with the guys, the way they executed today. Yeah, you guys had to score on some pretty remarkable shots, I thought, early in that game. Uh, a couple of ones that were just, you know, guys flipping it in low uh, from in close. And um, one that just kind of made my jaw drop was um, one that Lee Sipes had, his, his first goal of the day. Where so he kind of made a, he faked one way, spun the other way, and just ripped one that caught the far inside uh, it corner. Sort of, it was one of those where like he was fading away to his left, but was able to put it back in his right and sort of was just half it, shooting off his back yeah, foot. Yeah, and like, yeah. But he, he was able to get a tremendous amount of power on it, and yeah, that w that one kind of got the guys fired up, and that was you know a great individual effort there. But it was all off a of ball movement. Mm -hmm. You know they were playing a very good zone, 
we had moved the ball two or three times and he found a crease and was able to able to muscle his way in and and found a, a an opening there to get that shot off so that that i think is a big win for you guys not just because of you know <coughs> last year's game um you know you guys go to 14 and 0 dover wins again today too against merrimack valley they go to 13 and 0 you look at their what they've done though they've you both have that extra point from beating a d1 team um, I have to look here. Who was it? There we're, was against locked, Nashua North. We're, we're locked into the second seed. We you, can't. We if, can't if you catch both them. finish undefeated, yeah, that's we what's going to happen. The, the, the crazy part is we go seventeen and zero, and they go sixteen and zero. But they've played two D one teams, so they'll they'll get the. You know, we still and we still have Winnick on it. We have Bo. We have Goffstown. We got to take care of business there. But pretty much, I think with that win, even even if we were to lose our last three games, well, no, Portsmouth would jump us. But we do hold the tiebreaker with Portsmouth. But we're, we're pretty close to being locked into that second seed. If we do win out, um, we, we, we cannot catch Dover. They would finish 16-0. and We would finish 17-0. and And, you know, I've talked to a bunch of coaches. It, it's, it's, it's nice to get the one seed, but, I, you know, you've covered us before where the one seed you, is not necessarily an easy road. You were the one seed two years ago against right. Goffstown. St. Thomas yeah. takes us into double overtime. We have, to play, uh, we have to play Portsmouth in the semifinals, and then we have to play Goffstown in the finals. Last year, again, we had to we had to play St. Thomas in the quarterfinals. We played Goffstown in the semifinals, and then we get Hollis in the final. So, it's I don't think there is an easy road when you get down to the final eight teams. Um, it is it's it's going to be, I mean, yeah, anybody's capable of knocking off guys. It's high school sports, you know. And then what complicates, or, or at least what makes things interesting, I think, for those other the three and four seeds there is that you look at, you know, you do have a Portsmouth in there, you have Hollis Brookline in there. And then you still have Timberlane uh, in the mix there who, yeah, they, they got uh, kind of run over by Dover the other day, um, you know, but they come back with a nice win against Goffstown. They've got, you know, what they could be some. They lost in overtime. They lost in overtime to St. Thomas. Uh, and then uh, they have Wyndham tomorrow. That'll be interesting. Wyndham's coming off a tough game against, against Hollis today. Um, you know, Wyndham's dropped some tough ones. They've lost uh, a one goal and a two goal game against Winnicunit and Hollis. Um, you know, so that, and they and they that, lost to Timberlane already before. Already right, that's, this a, that's season, a huge yeah. that's a huge game for them for both teams. Um, you know, Wyndham needs to get back on the winning track right now, or they're gonna. Th I mean, th th that's the scary part is if you're a one seed, you could end up getting uh, a Wyndham in a in a semifinal, and you know who knows. I, I don't know what's going on there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the, maybe they're just not playing well. Maybe they have injuries. But man, the offensive firepower that Wyndham has, and you're gonna see them as an eight seed against a one seed. That's a that's not a that's not an easy matchup. Yeah, in a quarterfinal, in and a they're quarterfinal they're game. shaping up right you know, now. So, um, um, you know, you look at the, what the standings are right now, and they are they're about the seven or eight seed right now. Uh, you know, Winnicott's around there, Merrimack Valley, Keene, uh, and another you know another team that I think we talked about how they came on strong last year, and looks like they're doing it again in Kingswood, who is flying up the standings right now. They're at, at six and six, uh, maybe seven and six. I don't know if how up to date that is. They beat Spalding today. Um, you know, and they were another team last year that, that turned it on at the end of the year. They definitely did. And, you know, pulled off an upset over Goffstown to end the season, I think. It was Wyndham. Uh, they beat, they beat or it was Wyndham. Okay, that's Wyndham. right. That's right. And then, but they were playing, they were also, they were winning against Portsmouth deep into at least halftime, if not the third quarter. And then Portsmouth was able to pull away on them. Um, you know, when we played them earlier this season, they had a ton of younger players that um, you know are going to take some time to develop, but when they do, they've got a good program up there. Uh, Coach Tetral does a great job, um, you know, getting the younger kids out and, and getting them excited about about the program and playing. 
you know, uh, we I think we talked a little bit last week too about um, you know Hollis kind of turning it on here as we go, you know, and I you know get they've got a, a brutal week this week with four games in four days. Uh, you know, they played Merrimack Valley um, Tuesday, yesterday. They had Bo today. Uh, you know, I, I believe they have Wyndham. Or no, excuse me. They have Wyndham they today. They played Wyndham today and uh, won. And beat Wyndham. Um, so we got they and, then have and then they've got St. Uh, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas and, Pem right. and so Pembroke. And Pembroke. Uh, those, that's, uh, and yeah. then, of course, Timberlane, Timberlane on next Monday. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as well as they've been playing, they still have a brutal stretch to go here. Uh, you know, and, and what kind of um, caught my eye um, – on both ends for them, uh, their goalie, whose name is, I apologize, I'm, is escaping me at the moment. It looks like, I'm judging from your, your reaction to that too, it's, 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 it's escaped you too. Um, give me a know, sec, give me a sec. But in that, that <laughs> win over Merrimack Valley, uh, Will Crosby, who I, according to what I, I got from Rich McDonough, set a, a school record with nine goals in that game, which, you know, that's. Unbelievable uh, yeah. individual yeah. effort. Uh, and Garrett Maloney, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> not for you. Garrett has been yep. playing. Garrett's been playing so well. Um, even in even in the game against us, he made some incredible saves. Um, you know, he's Coach McDonough. You know, he's doing a great job. He was a goalie himself at uh, at Fairfield, and so he knows he knows how to he knows how to create a goaltender there, and he's done a great job with Garrett. Will Crosby. Um, you know, I've I've felt like he's been a sleeping giant for a long time that people have kind of overlooked. Good, strong lefty attackman. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, if you don't put if you don't put a good defender on him and you give him top side, he's going to turn the corner. He's going to rip the ball. He's got he's a big guy, tough to stop one on one. You know what? What's maybe something that you're, um, you know, looking at, at your division the rest of the way here? Something that maybe kind of you think or you want to you you think might end up happening that maybe you didn't expect. At the beginning of the year, like has then what what is there any any team in particular that's kind of um, you know caught your eye as being? Uh, I, I really like what uh, what Sean Houlihan's doing out with St. Thomas out there. Um, you know, with a roster that's been evolving, a younger team um, that he has really um, worked and coached up throughout the season. They seem to be getting stronger and stronger. Um, you know, we joked like neither one of us want to see each other in the quarterfinals again. We're done. We're sick of that. Like we don't. <laughs> he's like, we only want to see each other if we're in the finals. And um, you know, that's a team that I think some teams would not want to see again uh, early on either. You know, and but he's got potential to win 12, 13 games depending on how this week goes for them. They've got, um, I think, are they sitting at like 10 and three right now? They've they've got a um, they've they've put together they've strung together a bunch of wins. Um, so. Seven looks like seven, seven and three right, right seven now. Three yeah, right seven now. and three yeah, right so now. So maybe by and the I think that was it. By the end of the week, I think they could be ten and three. Yeah. They could potentially be ten and three. So um, you know that's that's a team I'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, Wyndham, Timberlane, and Merrimack Valley. I, I want to see how those guys all shake out like over the next couple of days um, with all the rainouts. That's been that's been tough. You know, and uh, in Division Three, we had uh, you know a game that I think we both talked about. We were interested to see what the result was. Was kind of the uh, Part two of, of Hopkinton and Kearsarge. And, uh, you know, of course, the first game, Hopkinton wins rather handedly. Very on, hand, of yeah. course, on their own field. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at, at what happens again last Friday at Kearsarge, and it's an 8-7 game. So, uh, you know, that tells me that, you know, and again, I, I haven't had a chance to talk with the coaches, but that tells me maybe there were some guys missing or maybe Kearsarge makes some adjustments. Maybe they're playing a zone. Maybe Hopkinton's not ready for a zone. So, um but it just shows you that while it looks like Hopkinton's the most dominant team there, 
and I believe they are. I believe they're the, they are the favorites based on who they've beaten, who the schedule is. It'll still be that final four. I think will still be interesting in there. Plymouth's been playing well. Um, yeah, I was gonna say because you've got you know while while Hopkinton and Kearsarge were looked at, I think as the top two teams in the division going into the year. Yeah. Um, you've got Plymouth in between them right now in the standings, yep. uh, sitting at ten and one. You know they've got Kearsarge coming up on on Friday on the road. Uh, so that's a, I mean that's going to be a big game, especially if Plymouth is able to come away with a win in that mm-hmm. one, because then now you're looking at Kearsarge with three losses, potentially. Uh, you know, I have to double check here who's right behind them, but uh, I believe it's Trinity or Monadnock and Trinity. Um, either one of them could end up. Well, Monadnock probably more likely, but could jump. You know, end up jumping them, and then right. in, you know you're looking at instead of playing Hopkinton in the potentially in the, in the, final, in the finals, you get them in the semifinals. In the semifinals, right? So. But we, we talked about that, you know, on the Division Two and the Division One side. It's like, yeah, you'd rather see that matchup in the finals, but ultimately, if you can't beat the team in the semifinals, well, then you you, you weren't good enough to be the champion. Right, so right. you know, you just play you play what's in front of you. But it is always fun to make it to the championship game and and be in that atmosphere. So yeah, I I, I think everyone would like to see Hopkinson and Kearsarge in the finals uh, in in Division Three. It's up it's up maybe Plymouth, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the um, other teams in Division Three probably don't want would rather be right, in their place. Right, but right, yeah. right. Um, you know, also in in the division, um, some teams that are kind of going in different directions there. Um, they actually played each other. I think also on Monday, a lot of big games this past Monday. Yeah. Um, Pelham and Bishop Brady. Uh, Brady won that game. Right. Uh, you know, when they've been on the rise, up they've I think climbed into a playoff spot or at least a tie uh, for that eighth playoff spot. Uh, well, Pelham has kind of gone in the opposite direction. And so Pelham plays Hopkinton on Friday. So that'll be we'll, we'll kind of see that that'll probably tell you where that program is at and whether right. whether Pelham is going to be able to boost themselves back up or or are they free falling right now? I mean, Pelham seems like a team that has quite a bit of talent. Uh, maybe they're just kind of in a bit of a transition here. I know they've been, you know, they've been really good the last couple of years, um, getting to the finals and just coming up short. Um, you know, are they? I think that, and that's a, seems like it's a program that is consistently, you know, one of the better ones in the division, regardless of who's in it and who they're very, playing. Very, very strong youth feeder program. Um, Russ Moyer has done a great job helping to build the the Pelham Pythons in the in the younger younger divisions. Um, you know, the the Pelham Outlaws um, have been, have been strong up and down, all the way down from you know really young all the way up to U15. Um, so. Yeah, when you have a strong feeder program like that, and I, I think you look at the teams that are up there, Kearsarge traditionally has a strong feeder program. Hopkinton has a strong feeder program. Um, Plymouth has done a good job in the last couple of years. So that that's the key, I think, for, for those programs there. You know, you had talked about Milford earlier in the year. You know, with the success, with some of the success they have this year, do they start to see a rebound in the kids and, and the numbers coming out to their program? Um, it, it's all about, in my opinion, it's all about the feeder program and what you have consistently and that's why Pelham has consistently been able to make it to the Final Four the last last few years. You know, I was out there last week for that uh, out in Milford that Plymouth Milford game, and and you, you asked about the number. The numbers looked, you know, really good. I mean, they had a very full sideline. Uh, you know, I stuck around a little bit for the the JV game, beginning of the JV game, and you know, there were still plenty of kids there. I don't know if yep. the varsity hung around, which would kind of be strange if it's you know it was your home game. You know, usually the the kids kind of scatter if they're not playing um you know but the numbers look pretty good over there uh, i think it's maybe just a matter of you know that the the level of the talent they were playing against in, in plymouth yep. you know maybe they don't 
see that all the time against you know because it, it just does seem like the schedules well, are, are just are all you getting over. Your best athletes out, you know, right, are, you, are, right. are you are are the majority of the best athletes still playing baseball in your school? Are they running track? Are they doing different things? You know, and that's that's when you start to when the program really starts to change is when you when you get the better athletes coming out to your program. You know, so looking at um, I guess we we kind of talked covered a, a quite a bit here, but what you know aside from what we talked about, is there anything that kind of surprised you with what went on this past week? Uh, whether it be a score or, you know, a player or, or where someone's you well, know, sitting? I, I mean, I think, I think the, the Bedford, the, the Bedford Pinkerton game really, really opened up a lot of eyes and said, well, coach Gerard's got something going there. He's got his kids playing really well. They're believing, you know, if they can get themselves up to take Pinkerton to a game like that, yes, the game was at Bedford, but at the same time, they didn't know that coming. So it was, it was supposed to be at Pinkerton. It got moved. Maybe that throw, maybe that throws off. Weird was bit, such a weird day. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, then you know, that that's a nice that's a nice mix in in division division one, and having Concord playing as well as they are, Sauhegan's in the mix. Uh, Londonderry, you know, we haven't even touched on Londonderry. No, we today, didn't even mention them. Yeah, you know, Londonderry to me has kind of separated themselves a little bit. I, I I think Londonderry has sort of separated themselves out to be. Right now, the three seed, but the way, you know, obviously with the way Bedford played the other day, they have an argument over that. But I think Londonderry has elevated themselves up above maybe a Sauhegan conquered Bedford. But, you know, Sauhegan, they, they keep winning close games, you know, and, and Alex Burnley's playing well, Foster's playing well. Um, they've got a nice, nice group of kids. You want to talk about, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that a little bit. For, first, let me, that, that Bedford day, uh, I, sh- I call it the Bedford day because I was at Bedford for about, six or seven hours on Monday uh, watched two really good games so I guess I, I'm not really complaining there but you know when the game was switched uh, was from Pinkerton to Bedford I saw that the girls also had a game there at four against Winnicott and I thought hey you know let's get over there I haven't seen Winnicott girls yet this year uh, and it was just a, a weird day because I got there and it was you know like 30 mile an hour winds um, kind of cold a little bit of rain, very gray for the girls' game. Game ends, J- girls' JV's going, and as I'm sitting there kind of working on some stuff at the table on the field, the sun starts coming out, the, <laughs> wind, the wind completely stopped, and it was actually turned into a nice, nice little, little cool yeah. night for the, ga- for the boys' game. But it was like I, I, I you know, looked at a couple of people on the sidelines and was like, what, what happened here? Where did, yeah. you know, where did that weather go? Um, one thing that was in the kind of in the back of my mind as you know last Saturday watching BG lose to to BC High, watching Bedford's performance against Pinkerton, thinking, you know, uh, what if, you know, Bedford does find a way to win on Thursday, BG goes and plays Duxbury next week, um, drops that game, and then Londonderry, I, who I think it's possible that they could win out, um, you know, with North Sauhegan, Merrimack, and Hanover. They would jump BG then for that second seed, but would it really? But would it really make it? You know, in the no, long I don't run, think it would. It probably wouldn't make a difference. It no, probably, it no probably you'd have to you'd have to have BG fall down to four to, to four to, make to a then, difference. then to yeah. Um, so you know, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that Duxbury game. Um, my brother is actually coaching down in Lincoln Sudbury, and they had a nice they they beat Duxbury nine to one, really really dominant effort, um, and actually BG had beaten Lincoln Sudbury in a scrimmage, um, right, right. earlier this year, so. You know, I, I think can can this year be the year that that BG Bray gets through and, and beats Duxbury finally? I'm excited. Well, they, I'm oh, really excited. they beat excited. them. They beat them last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, last year they had. I think last year was a little bit different. I think Duxbury was a little bit down. 
um, you know, last year from where they have been. And it, it seems like they might be a little bit down this year as well. But still, I mean, that's an intense, fierce rivalry. So, you know, they're going to be they're going to be ready to play. And that game's up here this year, isn't it? No, they is play it, they, uh, they, they play at LaSalle College at the, at the um, every site. year. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is just I mean, it's basically a turf field that someone rolled out in between a college campus and a residential neighborhood with no place to park around it. No room on the sidelines to stand. So, like, every year I've I been down there. I remember going down yeah. there two years ago, and yeah. it, it was tough. I had to park, like, three blocks away, and then I was standing up on a, on a, a cement block trying to yeah. watch it. Yeah, trying to, trying to – It is a nice field, but it, it is tough. It is tough. It's to a good field to play on, yeah. Tough for a spectator. Yes, or, you know, a photographer standing on the sideline <laughs> with very little room to move, yeah. trying to stay out of the way of parents, you know, behind you watching the game, and while also at the same time, you know, not taking a shot off my face, you know, or my camera, you know, even <laughs> even worse probably. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, we didn't talk about this either. Too was that Pinkerton has a, a, a pretty tough uh, pair of games coming up yeah. at Andover and, and at Medfield. Medfield. Uh, Two traditionally strong programs. Yeah, so it should be within uh, within a three day period. Yeah. So that'll be, yeah. You know, we're we're coming down to the end of this, but still, um, so many things I think to be decided. Um, I think Pinkerton is pretty much locked into that one spot, even if they, they were to drop those two games, unless something weird happened against Exeter or Nashua South or Central. They even with the two even with the two losses, they would right. hold the tiebreaker. So I, right. think, I think Pinkerton's yeah. feeling pretty good about being yeah. in that one spot right now. Well, so with that, I think we will uh, wrap it up for this week. Uh, do want to let everyone know. Uh, hate to disappoint you, but I think we'll, we will be off next week. Um, then come back uh, recharged, ready to go for the playoffs. Uh, you know, you can once again check out what's going on around the state at nh-highschoolsports.com. We'll have some uh, coverage this weekend of a couple of games, and we'll go on all out, which is part of the reason why there's no show next week. I'm going to try to get uh, get as many games covered up on the site as possible, uh, keep updating the playoffs, standings, which, of course, you can check out. Actually, starting next week, you'll be able to check it out every day. I'm going to be updating it every single day so you can see Almost in uh, real time, I guess. A lot of great discussion on the on. coaches' poll too. There's been some been, been a lot of coaches, buzz on right, the coaches' another, poll. Another coaches' poll weeks. coming out on Tuesday. Uh, so lots to uh, lots to look forward to. Uh, once again, thanks to uh, Chris Hetler, Dairy Field coach, uh, for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me again. Kind Jeff. of planning, t- stealing his Wednesday nights here to, to uh, <laughs> talk lacrosse. Uh, I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening.